welcome to another NL Full Time. This one's got a little bit of a twist. Um, we've had FA Cup-based ones and FA Trophy-based ones in recent weeks. This time, it's pretty much a review of the National League action at the weekend, but with a very special guest. Uh, and we're going to review uh, the FA Cup exploits of, of Maidstone, finally, <laughs> and look ahead to uh, a rather big tie in the club's history next weekend. Um, we've got joining us, uh, oh, might even be the third week running, Joe, um, off the line blogs, Joe Pope. Yeah, hi Rob, thanks for having me on again. And uh, our second guest this morning is another regular and uh, somebody that I caught up with in person yesterday, more of that to follow, uh, Richard Wharton. Dickie, good morning. Good morning Rob, uh, good to see you again twice in a weekend. And uh, our third and final guest, fair to say that we've been stalking him for a while, um, <laughs> Uh, not to not to mention uh, 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 Rav uh, Ravesh and, uh, and George Alakobi, who continues to uh, continues to ghost us. I have words with him when I see him, although I won't pick a fight with him. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, good luck with um, that one, Rob. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, George Fowler, um, former Aldershot and Ipswich Town player, uh, now currently at Maidstone. Um, great to have you on, George. Yeah, hello, mate. Thank you for having me. Yeah, great to have you. And 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 one of the things I look, I just refreshed my own memories, thinking I knew you came from Ipswich to Aldershot, and I knew you went from Aldershot to Maidstone. And I think it's quite refreshing in uh, 2023 to see someone who, in over 10 years, has only been at three clubs. Um, you've certainly shown a degree of loyalty to to to, uh, to Aldershot, and particularly to Maidstone. You know, when you went down with them, and you're helping the fight to get them back up. Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, I like to, I like to get settled somewhere and uh, try and play as many games and help that club out um, as much as I can. Um, obviously, I was at Aldershot for sort of over four years, stunted a little bit by injury, uh, so didn't probably play as as many times as I would like to have done there. Um, but yeah, no, I found myself at Maidstone, um, really enjoying myself, uh, settled really well. Um, obviously, living down here now, so um, yeah, life's good down here. And uh, an interesting little aside is that yeah, you. Yeah, you played a lot of games for Aldershot and did spend a little time out. And I'll tell you what, listeners, I don't know how he did it, but he, he never got, he somehow managed to avoid ever doing the commentary with me. There was one yeah. game, I think, if I remember rightly, George, was it Chesterfield in the FA Trophy or something like that? And and, and you'd gone, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it. And then it got called off, didn't it? It got called <laughs> off, yeah. And I said that was a sign at the time, mate. And I said, look, someone above doesn't want me doing this, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, we're grateful for you for you coming on, and of course, just about uh, about the other chaps. Um, just briefly taking us to where we've got to, really, uh, with the FA Cup run. Maybe one or two of those early rounds might have gone a little bit under the radar, but all of a sudden, Maidstone made it to the second and the third round, um, and really started to open some eyes. Um, is I think it's the best FA Cup run you've been involved in, isn't it? Yeah, certainly is. Yeah, and um, obviously the best uh, run that Mason have had now. So um, great achievement actually for everyone. Yeah, just knocking off records, aren't you? And um, <laughs> you know that, that you've, it's got the furthest, as you say, that they've gone to um, in the third round. I think it was the first time in that round since nineteen eighty eight or something yeah. along those lines. Um, just, uh, I mean, to be fair, the side have been doing pretty solidly in the league, but um, for me. When a club of this level goes on this kind of run and beats teams from a higher level, it has to be a sign that there's an incredible togetherness at that club. Yeah, of course. Um, and I think that's sort of one thing that, that Gaffer or George, like you say, um, creates. Um, he's based on honesty and hard work. Um, and, you know, if everyone's chipping in with that, no matter what team you're coming up against, you've got a chance if you're all working for each other. Um, and we all work for each other and we all work for him. So, you sort of display that that honesty and hard work and, and he'll run through brick walls for you as well. So I think that's the sort of atmosphere that he's created. Um, definitely in those FA Cup games, I think we sort of displayed that, to, especially in the second half anyway against that uh, Stevenage team. We we rode our luck, but we held on in there. So, um, yeah, I think that's a perfect example of that. Yeah, absolutely. Joe, just while we're reflecting on Maidstone's run up to this point. Yeah, cool. this is a good test of my memories. I think Ipswich will actually be our seventh game. So um, we played Staining uh, Town. I think that was one of our first preliminary rounds. Uh, Winchester, Chesham, obviously Torquay, um, Barrow, 
Stevenage, I think that might be the all, unless I've missed one off. Um, mm. But yeah, obviously uh, a lot of games to, to get to this point. Um, so yeah, glad that we've got a, a big tie away um, to sort of reward after getting through all those games. So Good stuff. All right, George is going to kindly stay with us while we review the National League and the National League South action. Just the four games, Joe, in the National League yesterday. And uh, we should really start with uh, with Bromley because uh, Bromley had the opportunity while Chesterfield weren't in action to uh, close the gap. Um, they'd have been quite frustrated in the end, weren't they? Because uh, despite being 2-1 up and despite having a third goal disallowed in the 88th minute, Boreham Wood got, uh, got another equaliser, uh, Quezia Pia. Um, and that was a hard-fought point for Boreham Wood who certainly need to uh, stack them up right now. But for Bromley... As much as they're staying clear in that second place, they just can't close the ground on Chesterfield at the minute, Joe. No, and I think, um, as you say, they will be disappointed. Um, Bournemouth would be really happy to get a point, uh, probably a point they didn't expect to get yesterday, going to Bromley that are in form. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, an interesting that we don't have uh, Ben Krauhaus on the score sheet. It seems like every week for the last five weeks he's been on the score sheet. Uh, couldn't get on the score sheet yesterday. Um, and I see there was a goal for Callum Reynolds, uh, another former shots player. Um, a very good goal as well, I hear. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was just trying to rack my brains, George, and I'm sure there was a season or two that you were with Callum at Aldershot, isn't there? Yeah, I was with Cal for my first year, I think. Um, before he then went to, oh, I'm trying to think. He's been at a couple, hasn't he? Been at Dagenham, been at Bromley. Um, yeah, but definitely he was he was the skipper when I first came in an order shot. I um I had a little look through uh, National League TV to catch the goals in the games, and um, so I didn't watch them in their entirety. But uh, I messaged Callum last night. I said, I've "Just seen your goal. What the hell were you doing up there?" <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "We we just we had a free kick just before near the halfway line, so we thought we'd stick it in the box, but I managed to ghost in like an experienced striker." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to be fair to Callum, um, he doesn't score too many, but he he loves to milk it when he does, doesn't he? Bless him. I'll never forget that one away at Wrexham. I'm not sure if that was a game you were in or not, or it was maybe the season after, but it was a sort of near post flicked header. And he jumped into the open terrace that's now being rebuilt as another stand. There was nobody in it and he jumped into it and celebrated. <laughs> were, you there? were you there at that one or was that the season after uh, you left? I don't think so. I think I remember seeing it though because I would have had a little check of some recent games and highlights and stuff like that. So Yeah, absolutely. OK, top honours really in the National League on Saturday need to go to Kidderminster Harriers. New director of football two or three weeks ago, a former Aldershot manager in Dean Holdsworth. And he took the brave and difficult decision to uh, relieve Russ Penn of his duties. Uh, Penn, of course, had got Kidderminster up to the National League via the playoffs last season. Uh, one of his first decisions was to bring in the very experienced Phil Brown as the new manager. Brown watched on last week as Kidderminster held Altingham to a draw and then proceeded uh, in penalties to the next round of the FA Trophy. And their first league game was against Aldershot Town yesterday. Now, I was obviously there commentating. And uh, Dickie, you were due to watch Telford at Royston, but that game was called off. Uh, and you made it there as well, but uh, admittedly not for the not in time for the first goal. No, um, I probably uh, uh, missed one of the best goals of the game by the sound of things as well. But yeah, I, I didn't get there till about 10 minutes or so in. Um, interestingly, when your goal went in, Rob, I never mentioned this to you. Flash scores had uh, Stokes down as scoring three times in the sixth minute. So I did think I'd missed something sensational according to flash scores, but no, it was just the one goal. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed my afternoon there. I, I probably uh, uh, It was probably more enjoyable for me than it was for you, um, given that you were there with Aldershot. Um, and I didn't have any particular dog in the fight, I have to say. Um, but yeah, it was just a, a good game of football. And, and, and I guess it's that Phil Brown factor. Everybody had their eyes on it to see how he was going to, uh, how Kidderminster were going to perform in their first game under him. And um, obviously it went well. Yeah, it would have been quite a feat if Stokes had scored a hat-trick in the sixth minute. And if he had, Aldershot might have drawn that game for all. But uh, it wasn't to be. The shots raced into a two-goal lead. Stokes with his 16th goal of the season. And then uh, 
Kean Harry's with a penalty. I must admit, I've watched everything back today, and uh, my overwhelming thought is to give huge credit to Kidderminster, who were fantastic on the day. And I think they'd have beaten a lot of teams yesterday the way they played. Amari Morgan Smith, absolutely superb. Ashley Hemmings and uh, Jack Lambert, too. So uh, ultimately, Kidderminster came from 2 0 down to win it by four goals to two. They had a penalty saved as well. I've got to say, honestly, I've looked at all three penalties from yesterday and they're all soft. Any one of them on another day wouldn't have been given. But it makes no odds to the outcome. It was a terrific three points for Kidderminster Harriers. And after the game, um, Dickie caught up with uh, the Kidderminster manager, Phil Brown. Phil Brown, Kidderminster Harriers manager, seen you come out of doing some of your media engagements there. And big grin on your face as you've seen your players Still out working hard on the pitch after the game there, I'm guessing uh, that's the kind of thing you want to see. But what, what have you found coming into the club this week? What have I found? I've found a group of players that, um, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the previous management team uh, were wrong by any stretch of the imagination, but sometimes you're in a football club for three, four, five years, you know, sometimes people get sick of your voice, people people have heard it all before, people have, uh, and I'm not saying that for one minute, that's the reason why it was, but when you come in to a you know, a situation where the management team's been here a long time, did a great job, had a fantastic, successful year last year. Um, maybe the players are looking around, looking for something different. All they're hearing is a different voice, and that's probably one of the main reasons why we did OK in training this week. They listened to everything I was saying, but more importantly, did great today. And having been 2 0 down, my word, is this probably one of the most memorable debuts I've had? I would have said probably yes, being 2-0 down, winning 4-2. I can't remember any, any of the others, to tell you the truth, but I've managed, this is my 10th team now. So when you think about first games, um, they're, they're memorable for a reason, but the, the most important reason is you win it. I had a quick word with your captain, Shane Byrne, and he spoke um, about you know what's happened, what it's been like in training this week. And he spoke about you've encouraged the team to play with a handbrake off um, they haven't scored a lot of goals this season but yeah. you know, I think that that's certainly the most they've scored at home this season so it looks like they took you at your word there well the handbrake off is quite a simple terminology as, as far as I'm concerned you make that analogy based on if you imagine driving with a handbrake on it it's just a, a grind it's a ball ache and more importantly the, the one thing that happens is it causes damage to the car uh, we were causing damage to ourselves because even last week at nil-nil draw against Altrincham, we were getting in some great positions and it was just, there was almost a tension and it was a tension on the field of play but it was also a tension off the field of play. I thought the crowd was tense. Um, so if I've said take the handbrake off and they've took me literally, which is great, we've got to make sure if we're parked on a hill tonight, we've got to put the handbrake bar on. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's still a lot of work to do here. Imagine your your brief this season is keep the team up. Yeah, that's the only thing um, <clears throat> I'm interested in, of course, but um, I'm interested in winning games of football. The chairman, you know, we've got a, a little bit of a cup, cup run going on in the background, which is great with the FA Trophy, and it's fantastic to see. Um, but the more games you win, the more it breeds confidence. And uh, the nil-nil draw last week, was that a win? Well... After penalties it was, so that's the point that you've got to try and get. It's a lovely feeling, regardless how you are. You won 4-2 on penalties, you can thank the goalkeeper for his save. You can blame the goalkeeper for the penalty that we conceded, but you thank him for, for the save, and then two more. So, all in all, um, yeah, things are yeah, moving in the right direction, but it's very, very early doors. Sure, and again, I suppose the timing of your arrival means that, you know, with it being January and the possibility of... You know, bringing some yeah, players yeah. in. We've seen you brought in uh, Sam this week from on like, yeah. from Barrow. Presumably, you knew him from your former club. Well, we yeah, uh, for sure. I've known Sam quite a while. To tell you the truth, Manchester City was at to, to start off with, and to go from City to Southampton, it means you've got quality. And when you've got quality, what is the reason why he's here? Well, he, he just wanted to play, and he was in in a queue of probably five, maybe even six strikers at uh, at Barrow. Have they done me a favour? They don't know yet. Um, he hasn't scored, so they're probably looking at the scoreline going, well, was he playing? Did he score? Uh, well, the answer to the first one is, yes, he was playing. Did he score? No. But did he have an influence on the game? Absolutely. And you can see there's more to come. And I'm looking at um, Sam Bellis to enhance the reputation of the football club first and foremost, but make sure that the strike force is firing and uh, goal comes off the bench, scores a goal. Amari scored a goal and you think to yourself, well, 
hopefully all the strikers start taking the handbrake off and we've got a couple more out there by the way uh, and Jerry um, Jerry Clay he's um it's one of them where you think to yourself, okay, things have gone in, in the right direction, but it's early days yet. I mean, Tuesday night will be a big test at Harlepool. Sure. Massive test. Sure. It, it feels as though, you know, you've, from walking into the dressing room, you see there's ability there, but, but maybe the belief's been lacking a little bit. Yeah, beliefs are... The one, the one word I will attach to um, the group of players, more importantly, and, and it's one of the biggest words in the game, and it's a, a word I, I got from India. It's Imandari. Imandari is honesty. Imandari means honesty. And I learned that word and I gave it to the Indians. I gave it to the foreign players. And I'm, I'm an honest person. I want my team to play honestly. But one thing I have to say this week, honesty is the word that shines out with this group of players. And if there's any dishonest players, they'll find themselves out and they'll, they'll probably find themselves out the window, out the door. Um, I just want a group of honest players that's going to have a go. And we had a go today, and at 2-0 down, I thought, my word, they're probably looking at me thinking, well, go on, and what are we supposed to do now? Um, but we stayed in the game and got ourselves back into the game at half-time and then went on to win the game. So the honesty paid off. That was Phil Brown. And uh, just coming to you for a second on that, George, you'll be aware of Phil Brown's history. He's managed at the top level, hasn't he? And uh, whilst it was a brave and difficult decision for Kidderminster to part with Penn, they certainly brought a manager in with great experience. Yeah. Um, obviously, like you said, I think I remember him being at Hull player, uh, managing at, at a top level there. Um, I actually wasn't aware until you told me that. Um, obviously, keep tabs on the National League um, as much as I can. Certainly, all the shot I go and watch uh, the highlights and bits and bobs. Um, but yeah, I'll be I'll be looking forward to sort of watching that when they're out on YouTube uh, to have a look at the goals. Um, but yeah, by the sounds of it, Kidderminster deserved the win. But all the shot have been. Very, very good this season. I've been watching most of their, most of their highlights. Obviously, had a good FA Cup run themselves, so they've, they've been impressive. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the commentator on the National League TV highlights, which wasn't me, it was the home commentator, um, he pointed out how prolific Aldershot had been, I think, when Stokes scored. He said it's their 46th goal of the season. Of course, now they've got 47, but they've conceded 50. Uh, yeah, certainly, if you want to see goals and entertainment, go watch Aldershot Town. Um, now, Dickie was... Uh, uh, extremely busy yesterday, weren't you, after the game? Because you also caught up uh, with uh, the Kidderminster Harriers captain, Shane Byrne. Shane, you've just declared that's your first win as a National League player, so that big beaming smile of yours. But uh, And, of course, it's the first one under your new manager, Phil Brown. So how's it been this week? Uh, yeah, this week's been good. Um, a lot of work on the training ground, a lot of information coming in on what he expects of us. He was happy with what he's seen when he came against the Altrincham game, so um, he doesn't want to change too much. Just sort of give us that belief and let us take the handbrake off as he put it in the final tour, which scoring four goals at home, we've not done that many times in, in, my, in my two years here, so um, we certainly did that. And yeah, first win for him, great start. Got that new manager bounce, as everybody says, but I think we've got the rewards of a lot of hard work over the last sort of... 18 months, two years as a group. Sure, you said that B word there, belief, and I think that was something that, that really occurred to me a lot during the game, that you know, you were 2-0 down, you got back into the game, you levelled it 2-2, and when you levelled it 2-2, the crowd really came alive here and got more involved with it. I saw you d- definitely whipping the crowd up at one point in the second half to keep them behind you, and that, that belief could be important, isn't it? Yeah, crowd, crowd is brilliant today, and... and We've got to have nothing but belief. We have to. I know it's hard when, you, when you're sitting bottom of the league, but when you go 2-0 down, we have to win games of football. And our target, and our only target today was, was win today. So, yeah, 2-0 down, you're looking down the barrel, you're going to think it's happening again. But I don't think one of our players thought that. I thought, right, we get the next goal, we're back in this game. They've conceded a lot of goals in the last four or five games, and we, we spoke about that and we talked about that. And um, showed today, I think when we went 2-2, there was only one team winning. I, I don't think they troubled Dibble second half, really. No, no, it was, I mean, it was predominantly you in the in the second half not an awful lot from from shots there um and you know you just got to roll this into every game now but take each game as it comes I guess yeah our target is is each game so it was was today to go and get three points and the same will be for Hartlepool we can't look beyond that and we can't look past what's been we've got to reset the button now and go right we've got 18 games it's one game at a time we've got three points today the next target is three points and we've got a target as a group of where we want to be by the end of those 18 games but start at one game at a time and today was a very very good start it's not the situation you want to be in but in some senses does it make it a bit easier that you've got that clarity you know exactly 
realistically what it is you need to achieve this season. You just need to get out the bottom four. Yeah, there's no grey area in what we need to do. We need to be better than four teams above us over the next 18 games and we'll have a chat and we'll look at that. But yeah, it does make it easy when you know that there's no grey areas and ultimately over the next two to three months we've got to win a lot of games of football and it helps when you go and win your first one. Sure, I suppose the only disappointment today would be going 2-0 down but also on a positive uh, a positive negative as it were uh, Ash Hemmings missing out as his hat-trick in the second half of that penalty uh, To be honest probably going 2-0 down was the best thing that happened to us today because uh, I think I think we started alright but I think then we spoke about taking the handbrake off and I think at 2-0 down we've gone we have to go and score goals and um, I think I think the response was brilliant we've not scored many goals all season never mind four in a game so to go and do that from score four goals without response and create a whole load of chances it gives everybody confidence and there'll be a lot of confidence now going into the game Tuesday Hamo bless him misses his hat-trick but for the fourth goal he's brilliant he goes and runs the length of the pitch takes a shot goal taps in and he reaps the rewards I might have to start taking a second penalty if, if we get two in a game <laughs> but now he, he was brilliant today and um, he made up for it because he, he's, at, he's at fault for probably both, both the first two goals and then he goes and scores two he's had a roller coaster of the game the boy but um, now he's got a lot of confidence he's playing out of position and did, did a great job and that was Shane Byrne a good day all round um, for kidding Mr Harry as Dickie um, I'm, I'm loath to ask, really, but your thoughts on Aldershot? They, they, I mean, they've got to somehow stop the leaky defence. I think it's 25 goals in five games now, and you can't win football matches. You can't get into the playoffs if you're conceding that peripherally, can you? No, I think I said to you at half-time that, you know, when you sort of adopt this kind of position of almost being sort of like gunslingers, you know, that will, if you score three, we'll score four. Um, the difficulty is that when you aren't finding the net as often, but you're still leaky at the, the other end, you're going to suffer. And I think Oldershot just going through a little bit of a spell of that at the moment, whether there's a little bit of an FA Cup hangover potentially as well. Um, it might have to be factored in. Obviously, they've had a lot of attention on them and and, and such like in the last few weeks. And, and that can be a hard thing to sort of like when, oh, you know, we're just sort of like back to the, the grind of the league now, but they've still got a lot to play for, you know, given the position that they're in. Um, this season is far from over for a bolder shot. So um, perhaps I'm sure certain Tommy Widrington would have expected a bit more, certainly when you spoke to him after the game and I was sort of like lingering on your shoulder. He, he wasn't a happy man. Um, but yeah, at the same time, he did give credit to Kinnaminster for the way they performed yesterday. And um, yeah, ultimately, I suppose yesterday was all about them. Enough of Aldershot Town anyway. A couple of other clubs that got much-needed wins yesterday. At Meadowbank, Dorking Wanderers took on Gateshead. And I don't think too many people would have predicted Mark White's men who've uh, not really been enjoying the success they've had in previous seasons at home would uh, prevail against Gateshead, who bolstered their ranks with a couple of new signings. But the uh, the 23rd-minute sending of of uh, another one of your former teammates, George Regan Booty, um, probably changed the game there. Charlie Carter put the only goal of the game in um, just before half-time. Uh, and Mark White was very honest. He's cursed their luck a number of times, but he thanked it yesterday. Massive three points for Dorking. Um, they've got to take care of business, I guess, George. They're in transition, aren't they? And uh, it's not easy to go from being part-time to full-time and, uh, and, and, you know, at the same time, stay in a competitive league like the National League. Yeah, no, it's it's a, it's a hard feat to obviously do. We displayed it last season, getting promoted into the National League and coming straight back down. Um, I mean, it's a, a very, very competitive league, um, probably of sort of League Two standard with some of those top teams of Chesterfield, etc. Um, but yeah, like you say, Dawkins in a bit of a transition phase at the minute now, going more hybrid or part or four times. Sorry. Um, Obviously, I haven't actually spoken to Regan yesterday, a teammate from Aldershot, but also Maidstone. I'm sure the sending off did did aid the victory. Um, but yeah, they, they always seem to find results at times when they need it, Dawkins, and uh, always seem to be sort of above that above that drop zone area. So I'm sure they'll uh, they'll remain strong for the rest of the season. Yeah, I hope they will. I'm sure they will. And uh, for the record, Regan, I've looked at it and uh, I concur with Mark White. Actually, it might have been a little bit harsh that uh, that red card. Um, but uh, all the best for the rest of the season, Regan. Um, and then Ebbsfleet against Hartlepool also ended uh, with a 1-0 win for the visitors. 
and that would be uh, much appreciated by Lenny Lawrence, Joe, and uh, and also uh, the Hartlepool supporters who uh, haven't really been, uh, have not really seen too many clean sheets this season, have they? No. Um, is that their first potentially? Um, certainly, they certainly haven't had I a lot. I don't season. think. I don't think they ever got one under ASCII. I think uh, that 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 run went on and on and on, didn't it? Yeah, so, um, yeah, certainly a positive uh, for them to go and win. Um, and certainly new manager Kevin Phillips will be pleased uh, that his te- his now new team uh, got off to a winning start. Uh, and he'll be pleased to see uh, Anthony Mancini in good form. Um, they were doing so well at the start of the season with him in midfield and they kind of dropped off when he went out injured. Um, so for him to be back and scoring and scoring a really, really good goal as well. I'm not sure if you've seen the highlights, um, but brilliant goal. And uh, yeah, so for them to win, um, any win away from home is good, but to do it to to nil um, is uh, really really pleasing for them. Yeah, I, I had to um, I had to admit I have seen it, and um, obviously being a commentator, you often sort of look at other games and listen to what's being said, and we've all been there and had the commentary curse. And I think Chaz Charles, who was commentating on the game for Ebbsfleet, was literally making the point that neither side. Uh, probably deserved to lose, but neither side had done enough to win it. And as he was saying it, Mancini <laughs> let fly from twenty yards and stuck it in, uh, stuck it in the top corner. So, uh, yeah, another difficult testing afternoon for for Ebbsfleet. And George, when you look up from the National League South back to the National League, and you look at the table, as I'm sure you do from time to time, it's interesting, isn't it, that the bottom four still, even now, and for the last two months have been the four promoted sides from last season. Yeah, I think that sort of goes back to my point where um, it's it's a real jump now um, where the National League is such a great standard that um, you have to sort of recruit well in the summer um, and adjust, adjust well as players that you're coming up uh, against the real quality um, selected players, no matter what team you're playing. And uh, like you say, I think that's being displayed at the minute. The four that have come up uh, are sort of struggling at the minute, which is where we were last season as well. So, um, yeah, I feel their pain. Um, But, yeah, hopefully some of them can get themselves out of it. All right, we're going to look now at the National League South. And, Joe, I think we are back to starting with Yeovil this week, aren't we? Top of the league. Tell me how many points clear they are now. Uh, still 13 points clear. Game in hand uh, on second place, Worthing. And uh, by all accounts, it was a really, really good performance yesterday from Yeovil Town. Um, two goals from new signing Sam Pearson. Um, he spent time there on loan under Chris Hargreaves uh, in the National League. Uh, and he was released by Bristol City in the week. Uh, he's re-signed for Yeovil on a permanent deal. And he got both goals uh, as they beat Hemel Hempstead 2-0. Um, and, you know, I think without being too cocky, I think Yeovil are far enough ahead that they're already trying to plan and bringing in players for the league above Um and, uh, you know, players like Sam Pearson are certainly good enough to play uh, a league up. Uh, so, yeah, another good win and another clean sheet. And, George, just uh, reflecting briefly on Yeovil, they seem to be doing in the National League South something similar to Chesterfield in the league above. And that's pretty much taking control of the title with nearly half the season to go. Yeah, I mean, they've been impressive, I think. After our games all the time at the minute, they're, they're giving daggers in the hearts where you look, oh, how do Yeovil get on? Or oh, they've won again. Um, but at the same time, from our point of view, we can't just be watching them and, and seeing how they're getting on. It's uh, about what we can do. Um, and you chip away at points. And obviously, there's still a while to go and anything anything happens at that point. So, um, yeah, from a Maidstone perspective, it's not just watch the top and see how they're getting on. But, yeah, they have been impressive for a, for a good duration now. Worthing remain in second place and uh, they won 1-0 away to Tunbridge on Saturday. A game that I was getting updates on uh, for BBC Surrey and Sussex. And apparently they dominated pretty much from half-time. Uh, and it was uh, a Pierce goal, wasn't it? Uh, on the hour, I think, Joe, that got, the good, got their three points in the bag for uh, Worthing. Yeah, he's uh, up to 21 in the league now, Ollie Pearce, um, having a really, really good season. Uh, eight clear of uh, Scott Wilson at Bath. Um, obviously, Levi Manchi, uh, one that Georgia played in this season, is now gone. So, looks like Ollie Pearce is uh, home and hosed in the uh, scoring for the Golden Boot. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, a rare clean sheet for Worthing. Um, we talk so much about how they're really good going forward, um, but uh, a rare clean sheet for them as well. 
Yeah, Hampton and Richmond remained third. Their game was postponed on Saturday. And then your side, George Maidstone, sit fourth. Um, not been too many defeats yesterday. Sadly for, for you and Maidstone, it did uh, result in a in a defeat yesterday. Just give us your take on, on yesterday's 2-1 defeat away at Slough. Um, yeah, frustrating one. I think our last couple games can be sort of um, described as that, really. Um, it, it's tough to sort of touch on. I mean, the, the game yesterday, we weren't good enough first half. Um, that was sort of um, the moral of, of the first half there. And then you look at the second half, we were much better. We got ourselves back into it for a penalty from Mo Fowl and it went 1-1 at that point, you think. Um, we don't we don't lose this. If anything, we go on to win it. Um, and then a sending off for Rafe Brown obviously didn't aid. I think four or five minutes later, they then counted on us from a corner um, and went 2-1 up and, and held on from there. So a frustrating one for us, really, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for Slough, to be fair, to give them uh, uh, due kudos, I think it's 15 unbeaten at home now. You'd have been aware of that run going yesterday, there yesterday and and it would have been quite a scalp to get, wouldn't it? I know they're not placed that well in the league, but clearly they've built um, a, a little bit of a fortress there of late. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, definitely to some extent. Um, I mean, I've always found Slough a tough place to go. Uh, and that was obviously proved again yesterday with uh, with losing the game 2-1. Um, I, think, I think they're a different animal to what we faced when we had them in the first game of the season at our place. Um They've definitely obviously sort of picked up in results and, and, and moved up on the table a little bit. So, yeah, like you say, that'll be that'll be a tough place for a lot of the teams in National League South to go to. Looking at the remaining two sides in the three mm. sides, sorry, in the uh, top seven uh, in the National League South. Chelmsford game was uh, called off uh, against Farnborough. Uh, Torquay, though, were in action, uh, Joe, and they got the job done with a 1-0 win. Uh by all accounts, not not too pretty, but it's certainly effective. Yeah, and uh, if there's anything this season that we have been able to do quite well, it's uh, Brett McGavin scoring long-range strikes. Um, he's virtually having his own uh, goal of the season uh, competition. He's had six or seven absolute worldies now, uh, and this was another one sort of 35 yards out. Gary Johnson said in his interview afterwards that he thought it was only from about 20 yards and then looked back and thought, wow, it's actually from about 35 yards. Um, picks the ball up and smashes it home. Um, and yeah, it wasn't pretty, uh, by all accounts, um, against a Dover side who are sort of out with their luck. Um, I think it was the first time I've ever heard yesterday that Dover actually had a player, um, you know, when your chips are down, they actually had a player stretched off in the warm-up. Uh, yesterday, Bailey Akehurst, I believe, uh, he went off, and um, yeah, not not the prettiest of games. Um, but uh, Gary Johnson was adamant that we had all the possession, all the final third entries, and all the penalty box entries. So yeah, a win's a win, and back into the playoffs. So the National League South fixture list was uh, affected uh, by the wintry weather that finally abated at some point yesterday. Avely stay in the final playoff position with a two-all draw against Chippenham. They were twice ahead, but got pegged back uh, both times. Um, and uh, a couple of other, or just the one other game, I think, to look at with you, uh, Joe. Haven't and Waterlooville have improved quite a lot of late. They played at home to Western Supermare. How did that one go? Yeah, it was uh, Western that took all three points. Uh, really good win for them. Uh, they were... Took the lead through uh, former Exeter player Jason Dodd in the first half before uh, Roberts equalised for Havant and Waterlooville, uh, formerly Torquay. Um, and then it was uh, Lloyd Humphreys, one of my favourite players in the National League South. Uh, he scored for the second week running uh, with a goal five minutes from time to uh, seal the points. A very, very wet Havant and Waterlooville. They did a, I watched uh, Scott Bartlett's interview after and he was like a drowned rat after. So, um, yeah, he'll be uh, pleased to go back with a win after that. All right, George, just be, uh, before we, uh, we let you go and move on to uh, review the National League North, um, I've seen the footage, uh, which I presumably think was in the Maidstone clubhouse. Um, you were actually being filmed when the draw was made, weren't you? And uh, the look on your face and those around you when uh, your boyhood club, your old club Ipswich away came up. Just try and describe if you can remember how you felt in that moment. 
Yeah, it, it was a little bit of mixed emotions because obviously a lot of us had uh, gathered at the club. Cameras were on us to sort of film our reaction to whichever club we drew. And ideally, we were obviously all hoping for one of the top, top Premier League teams. And away day there would have been would have been amazing for the club, amazing for us, for the experience. Um, funny enough, I actually spoke to my brother because my family still all live down Ipswich Way. And I called him just before and he said, Ipswich Way, Ipswich Way. Um Obviously, haven't been there from 12 to 19. Um, so, yeah, when, when it came out, obviously the boys behind me weren't quite sure how to react. It wasn't the Premier League team that they were all hoping for. Equally, for me, it was it was a good draw. So I wasn't quite sure whether to sort of be excited because the boys behind weren't weren't overly excited at that point. But I went straight off after FaceTime the family. They're all over the moon. Um, and if it's not a Premier League team, you've got a team that's second in the championship that's packing it out at 30,000 each week at the minute. So um, it'll be a great day for us. It'll be amazing. You know, Aldershot got a similar-ish draw, didn't they? Away to West Brom. Um, but not with the connections that you've got. That's amazing. But it will be a fantastic occasion. And and you know just how big a club Ipswich is, how passionate their fans are. Just taking us back to those days, of course, there'll have been disappointment to have uh, to have had to drop down from Ipswich in the first place, especially after so many years there. Wikipedia says that you never played for them, but I don't believe that at all. It must have been some time that you did get on or you were on the bench. Tell us. Yeah, I played in the Carabao Cup against Crystal Palace. Um, Mick McCarthy actually fielded pretty much a, it was almost a 23 side on the day against uh, almost fully strength Premier League side of Crystal Palace. Um, I think we were, we caught them at a time where they were on a real bad losing streak in the Premier League um, and obviously wanted to get a good result behind them. And uh, Mick McCarthy sort of did the opposite and put um, a load of 23s players in, which was a great experience for all of us having, first of all, not really played first team before, certainly not played in front of a big crowd and at a stadium like that. Um, but that ended up being a good platform for the majority of us to then sort of take our next steps in our career. And for myself and Adam McDonald, that was then to move on to Aldershot. Um, I think they were watching that day. And not long after that, we then went we then went on loan. So, um, yeah, great memories from that and a, and a good platform to sort of lead me on to where I am now. Absolutely. And uh, a number of players have dropped away from Ipswich and then come back, haven't they? And uh, it looks very likely that in the summer, at least, um, Another one, Josh Stokes, who uh, who obviously left Ipswich and went to Sudbury, uh, all from your part of the world as well. He's obviously um, doing really well with Aldershot now and has a lot of interest over him. Um, where were you actually from as a lad? Were you an Ip- Ipswich lad totally or was it out- outskirts? Um, I was born in Essex and Chelmsford, um, but moved to Suffolk when I was about six or so and have always lived sort of 20 minutes outside of Ipswich since then. My family have been based down there ever since as well. So I'll have um, a big a big row of family there, um, friends from, from school and that. Um, so, yeah, we'll have a good good following. Brilliant stuff. And uh, forgive my ignorance, um, George, uh, the, uh, the Ipswich-Maidstone game next weekend, is it a live game on TV or is it just being uh, extended highlights? Yeah, yeah, live on BBC, 12, 12.30 kickoff on yeah, Saturday 27th. So that'll be good as well. Oh, fantastic. That means that uh, those of us that might well be at other games that day should be able to catch some, if yeah. not all of it. Um, Dickie, you've joined us, uh, obviously, in, in the background there. Um, just before we let George go, sorry uh, to not give the opportunity earlier. Uh, anything you wanted to ask, George? No, no. I mean, I, I, I guess just in terms of, you know, the preparation for the week, you, you're you going to be, the club's going to be the centre of attention this week with being, you know, the, 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 the last non-league club left in the FA Cup. I mean, how's everybody reacting to that? Enjoying the experience? Yeah, definitely. Um, Gaff has said as well, even obviously we've got league games that have been going on at the minute that have sort of halted the run into the Ipswich game. The media will be down there, especially this week. And, and he said, enjoy every minute. Like, we've worked so hard to get to that point. So so no reason. It's a, it's a distraction, but it's a good distraction to have there and, and something we're not used to. So just in, enjoy the occasion. Enjoy all the run-up to the game. And I think your run so far, George, and just other things that happen in football um, show that uh, whilst the odds are not great, there is a scenario, there is a scenario where Maidstone could pull off a result uh, next weekend. And, uh, you know, if one person has to believe that, 
for it to happen, it, it, it is George Ellacobi. And then he's got to I get, get that across to you guys during the week. But why not? Why not one more? And then he might still get to go to the Golden Palace, as he calls it. <laughs> yeah, and, and he'll openly tell you that that he will be feeling like that. And, and that's been relayed on to us as players. Um, we're aware that we're going to a club that's a step up in quality to any of the teams we've been playing at the minute. Um, but at the same time, they'll be aware that we've we've beaten Barrow, we've beaten Stevenage, um, and if they're not quite on it, and we we can hold out um, that anything happens, magic of the FA Cup. So um, we'll be looking forward to the day and uh, optimistic that that maybe we can we can uh, get a result. I'm so. Uh, delighted for Maidstone and George and, and, and uh, for yourself, George, as well. Uh, all the very best next weekend uh, at Portman Road. Thank you very much, mate. Appreciate it. We're going to have a look now at the games that did survive the wintry weather in the National League North. A home win, an away win and two draws. Let's start with the home win for Chester against Bishop Stortford, who came back down to earth. Yes, they did. Uh, probably an expected result, this, given the positions in the league table. Um, but, yeah, Chester got it done with goals from George Glendon uh, partway through the game. And then Christian Norton added one in injury time. So it was only 1-0 going into those last few minutes of the game. I, d- I don't want to refer to that as being almost a kind of victory for Bishop Stortford because moral victories they don't need, actual victories they do. Um, but obviously their FA Trophy exploits might be a little bit of a boost for them um, over the coming weeks. Um, certainly they will be hoping so. Uh, Gloucester nil, Blythe Spartans won, Dickie? Yeah, Gloucester, their um, difficulties continue. I think one of the things that's been behind a little bit of an, uh, I wouldn't call it an upsurge recently, but an upturn in form has been their home form uh, at New Meadow Park on the artificial surface there. Uh, but yeah, Blythe made that very, very long trip there yesterday um, and came away with a 1-0 win thanks to a 72nd minute goal from uh, JJ Hooper. Um, another good success for new manager John Shaw at Blythe there. Just coming to you for Scarborough against Peterborough, uh, Joe. You and I had an off-air uh, conversation in the week about the fact that you'd only just realised Michael Gash often plays at the back for Kings Lynn, uh, for Peterborough Sports these days. Um I don't know whether he was yesterday or not, but he got up and put them ahead, didn't he, against Scarborough? Scarborough, though, did eventually leave with a point. Yeah, um, he did. Um, he obviously uh, he would have been at uh, the right end for, for him, um, scoring there um, to put them ahead. Uh, but they couldn't uh, hold on, albeit a very useful point, I think, away at Scarborough. Um, and uh, it, Scarborough did manage to uh, pull level in the second half through uh, Wiles. Uh, he scored just after half term. Um, I see that uh, Scarborough have done some good business this week uh, off the field. Um, they've extended Aidan Rutledge's loan until the end of the season, uh, which is massive for them. Um, I think he's a fantastic player. Um, and one that we all saw in Altrincham, they've brought in Ollie Dyson uh, for a month's loan. Um, he was uh, joining from York. Um, and they've also brought in Yasim Suka from Darlington, um, who I'm a bit surprised given Darlington's position in the league that they're allowing a player like that to leave. Um, but uh, yeah, really good uh, business for them. Just one more game to look at in the National League North, Dickie. But the biggest frustration yesterday for, for a lot of clubs who didn't get their games on, but one game in particular uh, we've got our eye on, haven't we? And uh, now I guess it'll be a, a midweek game later in the season. Yes, it will. Uh, there are a couple of um, really good fixtures in National League North yesterday, but Tamworth uh, travelling to Scunthorpe for the first versus second clash in the league was um, going to be a huge game. Potentially, it's even bigger in six weeks' time if the gap between the two sides remains anything similar to what it is now, which is eight points, and they've both played another six or so games. Um, then then that becomes an absolutely massive game for Scunthorpe because if they're going to try and chip away at, at, at Tamworth, I think they've got to win that one. Um, but who knows what could happen in the time in between. It's also a shame for supporters because obviously there won't be as many people there on a Tuesday evening, although I think Scunthorpe will... Um, the people from Scunthorpe will probably let their kids stay up late for that one, but I can't imagine quite so many to make the trip from Tamworth. Um, Brackley Chorley was also off yesterday, which was a nice... Um, game set up between sides in the in the playoff places as well so yeah um look it happens this time of year doesn't it and um it just gives us something to look forward to in a few weeks time 
Good stuff. And just that final game then, score draw, I think. Yes, it was. Yeah, Hereford um, held 2-2 at home by Kings Lynn. But Hereford will be disappointed. They let this one slip through their fingers. Um, they led in the 25th minute a goal from uh, Topi uh, Obadai. He's on loan to them from Banbury, a team in the same division. And then Tom Pugh, he's on loan from Scunthorpe. Um, and he's been doing well for Hereford. He scored five minutes later. So 2-0 up at half-time, Hereford. Um, I'm sure Paul Caddis would be very frustrated that they didn't get the job done, but they didn't. Um, they were pegged back to 2-1 by a Tom Hughes goal in the 58th minute. And then a quick wave here and hello to friend of the show, Chris Hargreaves, because it was his son, Cameron, who scored a 91st minute equaliser for Kings Lynn. They take a point back to East Anglia um, and with a couple of new faces on the, the bus as well, because they have, um, they've added Kevin Castro on loan from York City, but as I'm sure Joe will tell us now, they've also taken uh, the top scorer from the Northern Premier League. Um, and I think there's some new Singaporean investment coming to the club and they haven't wasted their time spending some of it. No, and, uh, you know, I think if you're Adam Lakeland, you want to try and bring in somebody that's going to get the fans excited and there's nothing like bringing in a prolific goal scorer with loads of experience. Um, I'm just looking at his record. Um, 57 in 64 for Stamford, 25 in 18 for Belper before that, and then 26 in 29. Um, if he can't score goals for Kings Lynn, then no one else can. Um, so, yeah, really good, good signing for them. Uh, I think I remember watching him uh, under Danny Cowley for Lincoln as they won the National League. Um, really impressed me then um, and obviously continued to score since. So, yeah, really good signing for Kings Lynn and a little bit of experience in what's an otherwise a quite young team. Yeah, I don't think either of us mentioned his name there. So we just say it's Jonathan Margits that we're talking about. Jonathan Margits, yeah. Yes, just I didn't mention it. And I, I think you maybe thought that I had. But yeah, um, we he remains a mystery no longer. I'm sure he won't be a mystery <laughs> to National League North defences before too long. He has been banging in goals for Matlock this season. Um, and I say, Lynn, it's it's a big boost for them. You know, Adam Lakeland's had to bide his time a little bit, but clearly knows what his side needs. Um, and with that extra money, he's been able to go out and get it. Yeah, the chairman there, Stephen Cleave, gets a little bit of stick, certainly for some of the stuff he comes out with on social media. Uh, but I don't know uh, for how long the rod had been in the pond with that new Singaporean investment, but it certainly seems well-timed, uh, doesn't it? And uh, the best of luck to Kingsley uh, for the rest of the season. Um, looking ahead, well, of course, we've already looked ahead a little bit to next weekend when Maidstone will quite rightly take uh, top honours and the headlines in the in the FA Cup and uh, the majority of the rest of our National League clubs will be involved in, in league action. But before that, we must look at uh, midweek because it's one of those scheduled weeks where all three divisions have a full set of fixtures. So let's pick out a couple each, if we can, from our respective uh, divisions, chaps. In the National League, there are three games, really, that stand out for me. Uh, Under New Management would be the title above this one. Hartlepool against Kidderminster. It'll be Kevin Phillips, uh, better known as a prolific top division striker and a a pretty successful manager with uh, South Shields as well. He has taken the reins at Hartlepool uh, and he'll be up against Phil Brown's Kidderminster Harriers. And... uh, Bit of an eye-catching appointment, that one, uh, chaps, for, for Hartlepool. Anybody want to come in on that one? Yeah, Kevin Phillips is obviously um, a big name in northeast football. Um, you know, he got South Shields uh, into National League North, where they'd wanted to be for a long time last season, but then stepped away from the club. I think that was perhaps due to, you know, the the, the vision of the club and what they were going to do in the in the division above. And, um, you know, perhaps with the way things have gone at South Shields this season, they're certainly competing in that division. But with Jeff Thompson stepping back, perhaps at uncertainty, maybe it was the right thing to have done um, in time. But yeah, Kevin she, uh, Kevin Phillips, is, um, he does enjoy uh, a, a big reputation up there and, and is a very popular figure. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he goes. Um, as you say, manager of South Shields. I found out yesterday that Phil Brown is from South Shields, so Phil Brown might be having a trip back to his family home whilst he's there. Ah, fair enough. Nice one. Um, I have also uh, want to talk about a couple of games between real strong playoff contenders. Oldham will take on Barnet. And Oldham, of course, have 
muscled their way into those uh, playoff positions in recent weeks. Uh, and then Altrincham against Rochdale, a good old midweek northern battle between two sides right up at the right end of the table. And there's one game that caught your has caught your eye as well, Joe. Yeah, uh, Stone versus Southend. Um, we've got all this way in the pod and we haven't discussed that. Um, obviously, Stuart Maynard has left Wildstone this week uh, to uh, go and take up the reins at Notts County. We wish him well. A massive job, um, and I hope it goes well. Obviously, had to turn in his job at BT as a BT engineer for that to go full-time, so we hope it goes well for him. Uh, Wildstone midfielder Alex Dyer has taken the reins uh, for this one, um, so that will be his first game, and uh, certainly not an easy opposition for that one. But, uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see how they get on. Um, I've got kind of mixed views on Maynard's move to Notts County. I don't know how controversial they are. Um, first and foremost, great to see a National League manager being plucked uh, into the EFL. Really, really pleased to see that because there are some great young managers in the National League. Um, and, and, and unquestionably, Maynard has done well with very limited resources at Wheelstone. I can see from the coaching point of view uh, he's a student of the game and he loves to play uh, the game in a similar way, I'm sure, that to what he'll want to uh, apply at Notts County. So I can see the match there. What concerns me for Notts County is Stuart Maynard's been managing a part-time side with limited resources. It's a huge change, isn't it, chaps? An absolutely huge change. And... Um, I think it's got to be listed uh, like Woking publicised theirs the other week as uh, as um, a, a little bit of a gamble, a, a, um, a considered gamble. Yeah, I, I think perhaps less of a gamble, given that obviously Notts County have already got those foundations in place, whereas Woking are trying to sort of build them again. Um, I think the interesting thing for me as to um, whether or not it would be successful is obviously Stuart Maynard has shown at Wildstone that he's a very, very good recruiter. He knows a player, he can find a player, whereas at Notts County, the onus won't be on him as such to actually find and identify the players. Um, Notts have been quite open in saying that they have a a structure behind the management team that find the players um, and reassured fans that even though they didn't have a manager in place pre-Maynard and post-Williams, they were still cracking on with the transfer um, scouting for the window. So that little change from going out and finding the players yourself to sort of being given the players and then working with them. Um, I think that will be an interesting uh, sort of change. But uh, I hope he does well. Obviously, stylistically, he's probably the best person for Knotts. Um, but it is a huge step up. Yeah, good good points. Well made, Joe. Uh, Dickie, as we look ahead to the National League North action in midweek, uh, hopefully a full set of games, especially after the weather affected weekend this time but uh, which games stand out for you yeah i just had a little look down them and i think um chorley versus chester is one that's seventh against fourth um so uh chorley have actually got a few games in hand on those teams above them they've played 25 where some of those above them have played 27 28 so they'll be looking to consolidate a position a little bit deeper into the playoffs uh chester will obviously be looking to try and um, cement where they are at the moment um, so that's one now this one it might look like a bit of an odd pick from the outside but I'm going to go for Kings Lynn and Curzon Ashton mainly because that's Adam Lakeland pitting his new side or reasonably new side Kings Lynn against his old side um, in the Nash travelling to East Anglia I think Curzon Ashton is still being managed by Craig Marn on a um, not wholly permanent basis yet but it's gone very well for them I mean I, I do think that that's testament partly to the foundations that have been laid at Curzon Ashton, not just by uh, Adam Lakeland, but by the board and previous managers there. That continuity is, you know, means that Craig Mann's been able to pick that up and run with it. It's been a much different challenge um, at Kings Lynn for Adam Lakeland, but two draws um, after a series of defeats. Um, they could do with a win, really, and and getting one against his old time. I don't think he's got anything to prove to them. I don't think there's any animosity, any bad blood or anything there for him having moved on. Um, but 
there must be just that little bit of satisfaction in yourself to maybe feel that you made the right move. And if Kings Lynn can get that win over Curzon Ashton, it might sort of um, help him have that feeling for a little while at least. Yeah, good point. And uh, one game in the National League North that's caught your eye, Joe? Yeah, um, Russia Olympic uh, versus Hereford, uh, mainly for the fact that Russia Olympic will take to the field for the first time without top scorer Danny Waldron. Uh, he's signed for Southend in the week. Um, obviously, he's scored something like 70% of their goals this season. So, um, it'll be interesting to see how they do. I wouldn't be at all surprised if they bring in a striker before Tuesday, because obviously they've also lost uh, a couple of weeks ago. They lost their other striker, Aidan George, to Halifax. So, they've lost both of their strikers to the National League. So, um, yeah, interesting one there uh, for Russell Olympic. Yeah, going to be interesting to see what Rush will do with him. I think that they, they struggled a little bit at the start of the season and that might have been adjustment to the league. It might also have been because Waldron was injured. When Waldron got into the side, uh, their form improved considerably. So it is a big challenge for Liam McDonald, but I don't think they felt they could stand in his way. Uh, I mean, I know that my own club, Telford, were after him last in the summer. Um, and he uh, rejected our offer mainly because he wanted to play at step two. He is ambitious. The chance to move up to step one wasn't one that Rushall were going to deny him. Um, I know Rushall have picked up uh, Tom Edge this week, who's been released from Boston United, but that's a strengthening in midfield, and it is goals that they need. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who they might move for. I'll be keeping my uh, pulse, my finger on the West Midlands pulse for that one. Yeah, and turning our attention to the National League South, a miss of us, of me, in fact, not to uh, talk to George Fowler about the fact that before that game at Ipswich, they have to take on Braintree uh, at the Gallagher Stadium. Um, that'll be an interesting test just a few days before such a big game. Always a, a difficult one in terms of the human mentality, that one, um, and how committed players are. I don't think George Ellicobi will let anybody give only 80% in that one. That's for sure. Um, and... Uh, uh, Joe, we'll come to your take in just a moment on the National League South. A couple of games perhaps that catch your eye. But one other club I feel we should mention in this week's podcast. Taunton Town will take on Weymouth uh, midweek. But uh, more news coming out of Taunton uh, during this midweek. Yeah, um, obviously they've um, been struggling financially uh, for a fair few months. Um, lots of players going out. Um, and uh, they've been issued with a winding up petition. Um, so, unfortunately, it looks like they could potentially be liquidated. I hope, obviously, that they don't so, and that they manage to sort that out. Um, I see they managed, uh, they had to sign uh, five um, academy players from local college uh, to strengthen their team, which, you know, when you turn into those sorts of lengths, um, just goes to show how difficult they are. I actually, uh, I actually went on to Greatest Hits Radio in Somerset as a football correspondent. I was asked to uh, give my take on Taunton Town. Um, so, uh, yes, I, I hope that they uh, can uh, find some investment uh, and turn that situation around because they've got a fantastic manager there and uh, a good squad. And uh, a few of those uh, uh, southwest battles in midweek there, so not just Taunton and Weymouth, and I know if Tom Lang was here, he'd say Weymouth isn't Southwest, but uh, to those of us living a long way away from it, it is. But uh, certainly, you wouldn't argue with Truro against Yeovil and Western Supermare against Bath. No, two good games. Um, I'll be doing my rain dance and praying to the weather gods um, because I am actually going to be going to Truro versus Yeovil on Tuesday night, um, and the turncoat I am will be standing in the Yeovil end. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, certainly uh, a good game there in store um, and uh, just got hope that the game is actually on because uh, Truro's pitch is not the best. No, absolutely not. And to be fair to Joe, listeners, uh, we've teased him a couple of times on this pod about uh, the fact that he watches Yeovil at least as much as Torquay. In fairness to you, Joe, you do live in Yeovil, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, I've been able to get to quite a few of the games. Um, and uh, just to get be able to get to some live football um, is better than having to listen to uh, to Torquay on the radio. And chipping them against Torquay, I think we'd be shoehorning chipping him a little bit too tightly if we called him totally southwest, but not uh, a particularly long trip for Torquay on Tuesday night. 
No, um, and, you know, Chippenham uh, a decent side. Um, they gave Yeovil um, a tough game. Um, I think that was a draw when they played them uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Chippenham will be looking to uh, to try and do it all again um, and try and upset Torquay on Tuesday night. And Scotty Davis, well done on that terrific home run for Slough. They'll travel a very difficult-looking tie away at Worthing midweek. Um, but, uh, yeah, well done, Scotty. Keep up the good work. Come and join us again on the pod soon. And uh, the, the very same to you, listeners. Thanks for tuning in again this week. Uh, thank you very much indeed, uh, Dickie, for joining us. No, always a pleasure. Yeah, have a great footballing week yourself. And, uh, and you, Joe, we hope that your game is on uh, down at uh, Truro. And, uh, yeah, come join us again soon. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, only got to go to Plymouth for that one um, against Petruro. Um But uh, yeah, hopefully we get some live football. Remember those words, only got to go to Plymouth. I only had to go there once and it was a very, very long trip from my part of the world. But uh, enough. Uh, play the theme tune, Luke.